Hey fuckers, what up? It's Christina Hutchinson and Corinne Fisher. You're about to listen to a clip of Guys We Fucked the Anti-Slut Shaming Pod. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was right. Yeah. I don't know. I was laughing. I was like, mm, what's what's that called? It's our show. <laughs> you know, you know it. You fucking know it. And if you don't, I don't know what to tell you. Welcome. It's a show about fucking dudes and ladies and just really anyone just getting your genitals uh, wet. Yeah. Uh, this week we have the wonderful stand-up comedian Jade Catapretta on the show. She also hosts a podcast called Jaded. We talk about uh, growing up in Brazil and being sexually open, finding your love and yourself during quarantine. And the TV industry being full of shit sometimes. Mm -hmm. And if you want to listen to more... You're going to head over to luminarypodcasts.com where you can get a subscription for as little as $2.99 a month. What was your introduction to sexuality when you were a budding uh, young Jade? Oh, man. I had my first kiss when I was seven. I talked about it on my podcast. Um, we, I, w- um, I closed my mouth and he opened his. Oh, wow. So we like ate your lips, huh? So he like ate my face. Yeah, I can't imagine a seven-year-old can kiss. Well, Brazil, you know, things start younger there. Like, kids are more social. I just went to my nephew's sixth birthday, and I'm like, seven? Seven-year-olds kiss? Oh, my God. Well, Brazilians are kind of known to be, like, the sexiest of the people. It's it's not taboo at all. Like, socializing and sex is, like, very, like, people don't really care about alcohol or drugs, really, because it's, like, all available, and people Mm -hmm. are way more into, like, relationships and like socializing and stuff like that. And I I remember having like kind of a full life at 11, 12, like going to parties and being like, how's your mom? How's your, you know, like having these conversations. And then I come over here and people are like eating glue and shit. And I'm like, Oh my God, (laughs) what's happening? Um, And I was really sexual and I moved to Charlottesville, Virginia and everyone. Oh God. Charlottesville. Oh, God, girl. Why did that happen? My dad made holograms. He was like one of the pioneers of holography. That's cool. Yeah. And so he moved here. There was like a laser table. There was only a few in the entire world. And so he had this opportunity to open a business in Charlottesville and um, start it up. And he thought it would be like a nice transition. Yeah. Uh, and it was not. It was I'm not. Wait, my, so wait, was, I want to talk about the the Brazil does seem like a very a culture that is very comfortable with sexuality of whatever mm-hmm. kind you got. Um, and even at a young age. So and you said you mentioned that there uh there every like drinking and smoking was not this taboo thing that you had to be. So were there a lot of alcoholics? No, that is the opposite, because like right. I feel like what happens here yeah. is that a lot of people hide their addiction, like shame when their man. kids. Shame. Yeah. And also they're scared to get in trouble with their parents and stuff right. like that. So they'll like drink and drive. Like DUIs are not like really a thing in Brazil. You know what I mean? Real- I mean, they have bigger issues. Like right. Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> but that, that makes a lot of sense. Like when you deprive yeah. or like teach someone that something is bad or they should stay away from it or whatever the fuck, it's going to swirl a mind fuck around that thing for them, no matter how, what their relationship to themselves is. So that's very interesting. I think that's um, a problem in America. I think like a lot yes. of people yeah. are told that sexuality is fine. Like I dated a guy who would never go down on me because Ugh. when he was like 11, he got caught grinding with a neighbor and his mom made him like say a hundred Hail Marys in front of the church and like oh tell everybody God. in the church. So he was like, he had all this like fucking guilt from like grinding on an 11 year old and it, it affected him for years, you know? And yeah, like the whole Catholic guilt about sex and stuff like that, that's all based on fear. And it's like, just everybody yeah. sucks. So what was, the, there was no fear around sexuality uh, in Brazil? No, and they really taught me, like, you know, my mom and my dad were really open about that stuff. And how, so, like, like what did that look like in your household? Uh, just, like, it just, I was never, like, not allowed to go on, be around guys or, like, have a guy over. Like, if a guy, yeah. you know, if I had boyfriends, like, in high school, they could, like, be in my room and stuff like that. Wow. Were, like, did they give you a sex talk? I don't remember. I think I just kind of 
watched all TV. Like I just had no boundaries. So like, I just <laughs> learned about it on my own kind. I, I mean, I told you Rocky Horror Picture Show was like, sure. I yeah. watched that when I was like seven or eight. So. so did I though. I mean, I think, but I definitely had different rules from my brother. Cause like my parents gauged it on like our level of maturity. And so I, in third grade, I believe by, by sixth grade, I was so obsessed with Rocky Horror Picture Show that I watched it every single day for the whole school year, which is 180 <laughs> times. So I've seen Rocky Horror Picture Show <laughs> Wait, probably 200 times. And there was a point when I had the entire yeah. script memorized. Stop. Mm-hmm. It's his birthday today. Tim Curry's Tim birthday. Tim Curry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. April 19th, baby. Ah! April's a big month for me and my, uh, and everyone I love. April 17th is Victoria Beckham. Then April 19th is Tim Curry. I used to like <laughs> celebrate it in the park with cupcakes. I have a problem. I've met him. Have you? I haven't met him. <laughs> so- <laughs> he's my favorite person of all. He's a doll. He's- yeah, no, I've never met him, but I still, you know, that very fr- I think that literally that's why I'm like pansexual. It's an iconic performance. Because like the whole, like I, a man who's very masculine with feminine, like feminine traits, like yes. really does it for me. Like my crush right now is Got Mick. Do you guys watch RuPaul's Drag Race? Oh, no, I don't. Oh, no, but that's, I love drag queens, so. Yeah, so. A guy um, with eyeliner. Yeah, Mm. he's so hot. He transitioned from a woman to a man, Mm -hmm. and now he does drag. His -hmm. name's Cade, and he's just, like, this, like, very feminine man, and I'm just, like, like, I just, it's just everything in one thing. Yeah. I just think it's so hot when men are in touch with their femininity. I'm like, yes. there's nothing. And there's so that's, that to me is true. Yeah. They're comfortable in their own body. Yeah. Even, every person has a female or a masculine and feminine side to them. Some they're of varying levels, but it's like when a guy is so allergic to his feminine side, it's like, okay, bro. Like who hurt you dude? Like, <laughs> yeah, ask yeah, your mom for a hug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so you had no sexual hangups, man. I mean, with sexuality, I just was like, I just from my ex, I just really wanted to be loved. Really. That was the thing. Like I lacked that intimacy that like partnership intimacy was like my number one, but sexually we really groovy. I'm really open. I, I feel like if, I don't know. Yeah. With sex stuff, I feel like that's my comfort spot. Yeah. And then yeah. It sounds the like other that's stuff, amazing. the other stuff is harder for me. Like so I like, have a lot of like codependency. Yeah. Like not vulnerability, but like, yeah. Yeah. Like letting go. Letting yeah. go of control is my. I understand one. that. That's why I'm like, oh, I can fuck anyone. It doesn't really matter, you know. I'll be fine. <laughs> That's <laughs> how I am. Like, I'm like, I'll fuck anybody, but then it's like, but then, yeah. What will my brain do to me? That if the following right. week, okay. The following <laughs> oh days, yeah, well, we have the same birthday, right? <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, bitch, man. It Wait, is. Do you uh, go with Pisces or do you go like I'm on the cusp? Uh, no, I do Pisces. I'm actually a double Pisces according to my chart. So I'm like, Ugh, oh, damn. Pisces. yeah, mine's Aries, mine's Aries and Pisces. Nice. So, nice. You got a, a, lot little, OCD, a lot of OCD, a lot of OCD, a lot of control issues. Uh, I'm like, no, yeah. we're having sex like this. No, we're having, you know, um, <laughs> just have you wrestling. been in codependent relationships before? Oh yeah. The last one was the most Cody I've ever, ever, ever. What's like, what about it specifically was codependent that you, uh, lo- when you look back on it? I just felt like we could never, like, we never really did things apart. You know Mm, what I mean? Like everything I was involved in, he was involved in. We had all the same friends. Like we'd always hang out with this, you know? Yeah. But you said it didn't feel like that was your person. So like, why were you, you were just doing it out of habit? You know, I had been into like really monogamous relationships. Boom, boom, boom. In a row, like before him was like a four and a half year where I lived together. Before that was the same kind of thing where I would just like push this thing. And also my parents were in a very codependent situation and they had a separation and they're back together now. And oh, I, my parents did that too. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They, so they I, 
fierce. And I'm so glad that they separated because I started to realize like, wow, I was basing my relationships off of this, like very codependent example. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we're never taught that. We're never like, you know, you always look to your parents. I mean, what other relationship are you going to base your shit off of? And And you never in ones in movies, but that's also a bad idea. Yeah. And you're never told that these are not healthy relationships <laughs> until you find yourself in a similar model. And you're like, well, how come it's not working for me? Oh, it didn't work for y'all either. Okay, cool. I'm going to go make oh, my right. own rules. Now. I'm right. Yeah. I was right that you guys were wrong. Um, I imagine too, being long distance, it's kind of impossible to be codependent. Yeah, I like it. I feel like I've grown to be like my own independent person. It took me a long time. Like, yeah even getting like my own apartment and living by myself and like just hearing my own footsteps again and all these (laughs) weird little things that, you know, just like you, you forget that you need those things. Um, Yeah. And and alone time. Yeah. And like, I felt like sometimes like a lot of people were like friends with me to be friends with him. Like I had this like kind of feeling about that. And I don't know. I just, my self-worth was really devalued from it, from the relationship. Uh, Oh, is he someone who was was higher up than you in the industry? Well, like at the time, like I was on, I was filming a show called Manhattan Love Story and he was writing on uh-huh. SNL. And I remember like oh, okay. when I went and when I would go, I felt like very out of place there. And like, everyone was like uh-huh. kind of looking down on me. And I remember when the oh. show got canceled and it was very traumatic for me, um, but I didn't really understand. And they were like making fun of it on SNL one night. And I just remember uh-huh. being there being like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. And then kind of Did just hating. Write? No, no, no. Just hating the environment and always thinking like, oh, it's so intense there. And then you know, having gone years later to like visit Chris Red and being like, oh, these people never disliked me. It was like my own self-worth was so low that right. like, I projected my insecurities on everyone. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. And then I was what like, did no you realize wonder. that that was it. That was what it was happening. Ugh, it took me like probably the full two and a half, three years to realize like, wow, this is not, this is like not about them. It's about me. It's like my own shit. It hurts. It hurts. What did what did you what did you do with that as a Pisces? That's a, whew, I mean that is that it's hard it's hard that's a real big that's a punch to the whole body. It was because I was like God I could have been like happy this whole time uh-huh. like I could have just been more accepting of myself and I would have had better relationships and I I would have been further along. I mean it took me it took me what it took me a whole 13 years of being a comic to be like, okay, I guess I'll do a podcast. Maybe like, like, I don't think people like, you know, I had this like weird guilt. You didn't want to promote like, yourself or yeah. yeah like yeah. I didn't want to, sometimes I, I feel bad Why about like, I've never sold merch. Like I really want to sell merch. I have all this stuff I designed and then I'm like, Oh, I don't want to like make them buy the ticket and this, like I have this weird. What is know. it? Is there a certain part about you or is just like overall the self-promotion is just not your cup of tea. No, I like it. I mean, once I do it, I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm glad I did it. But I think it's like that little immigrant part of me where it's like, okay, like just belong. Don't like, yeah, like just kind of like, I want to fit in. Like, it's this like ultimate feeling of like, I want to feel included and I don't want to feel. Yeah. And I don't want to, I feel like when you move Virginia. (laughs) Well, it's like a dumb question to ask. I've lived in Virginia and oh boy. Yeah. Even when I go back now, like I can see how they make fun of me. They're like, you're real LA now. I'm like, oh, you mean like I don't wear Patagonia every day? Um, (laughs) You know, they're always like kind of picking on me still. Um, But that's just because they, you know, it's people who stay in the same place that they uh, were always were just never, never even tried to live their dream. And so people try to take that out on you because people do the same shit. When I go home to New Jersey, it's like, sorry, you didn't didn't believe in yourself enough to give it a go. Yeah. But don't don't make me pay for that no but we do pay for it because like even if we go like fuck you we're like 
like I, there's still that little part of me that like wants to be liked and like needs the value. Oh, see, I don't have that part's yeah. missing for me. So I don't, <laughs> are your fucking losers, <laughs> Fuck, I need some of that. Can you put that in a fucking pill form? I hope you enjoyed that clip with inter- our interview with comedian Jade Catapretta. If you want to hear the whole thing and other full episodes of Guys You Fucked, along with full exclusive episodes of other podcasts by Trevor Noel, Lena Dunham, Roxanne Gay, Michael Rappaport, head on over to luminarypodcasts.com. A subscription is as little as $2.99 a month. You got that. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.